Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Whiskey Talk from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I'm Richard Gosselin, editor of the Society's members magazine, Unfiltered. We're travelling across the north of England in this episode. Having visited the Lakes Distillery, we're heading across the country to the small town of Hunmanby on the Yorkshire coast. That's home to the spirit of Yorkshire Distillery, where a long-term friendship and working relationship finally came together to create a new distillery, where the still started running Spirit in May 2016. Co-founder and managing director David Thompson told me more. I guess it starts with a story of friendships, really. Uh, I I come from um, an agricultural sort of background in terms of the supply industry. So um, I, I trained as a, a crop uh, scientist and I worked with a with an agricultural business for um, fourteen years, straight out of college. So effectively, I was crop walking and buying and selling um, barley, wheat, rape, that sort of thing. Um, and I actually got the, the the area where I came from, which was my so my my area was uh, eastern North Yorkshire. So it was quite useful. I came home and started to work in the area I was from. Um, so my, my background is really buying quite a lot of malting barley all those years ago in the 80s. Um, and we'd obviously, as a, as a trading merchant, sell that on to some of the bigger malsters in this area. And uh, the Yorkshire world's been one of the one of the uh, very good malting barley growing areas with the, the soil type uh, being very, very good for, for low nitrogen barley. So if, if you like, I started there and, and one of my first sort of clients or customers or farmers that I dealt with it was Tom Meller um, and he he effectively uh, I worked with him for quite quite a number of years buying and selling his his produce um, and one of them being very very good malting barley so I guess the, the relationship started way back then in the 80s and uh, we went off I went off and did other things I went off into into marketing and then came came back to to uh, agriculture, I guess, in in the form of using malting barley to make uh, to make whiskey, which is a bit of a, a round a, a round story. But that's how I ended up back into the um, sort of uh, the farming and, and then the whiskey world. So Tom, being the farmer, he has got six hundred and fifty acres, um, of which half of that is down to spring malting barley. Uh, we're pretty unique in lots of ways because. Uh, we use 100% of that. We ring fence that. We have it malted at Munton's, uh, Flamborough. Uh, we ring fence that uh, and bring it back to us as our, as our malted barley. So we can, if we wanted to, rewind that barley back into a field uh, or that malt back into a field, which is pretty unique, not just in England, but 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 also in Scotland. Um, so we've got full traceability. We've got full um, uh, sort of... Um, Input-wise, you know, how we treat that barley, how we look after that barley is under our control, which, is, again, is, is very unique. Um, so that that's sort of a bit of the backstory. And, and Tom came to me one day and decided, you know, right, uh, I've been making beer because he has a brewery as well called Waltrop Brewery. So I've been making beer for um, 16 years and uh, fundamentally making whiskey. The first part of it is identical. You know, we're just not. We're using hops and, and we're using different yeast strains, but effectively uh, it's the same sort of process. So um, the next logical step w- was moving on to make uh, malt whiskey uh, from from the same produce. So uh, 
we took that knowledge and uh, went and found a guy who knew what I was talking about, Dr. Jim Swan, and um, uh, looked at how we could set up a distillery in Yorkshire, which was just using all our skills that we, we, we sort of uh, honed over the years. Um, so in 2014, 13, 14, we started that conversation. Um, and 2016, we started to distill. Um, so yeah, that, there's a backstory. Um, whatever we've done, we've tried to do the best we possibly can, but the traceability side of it for us was key. So we do literally call ourselves a field to bottle uh, whiskey producer, not a grain to glass, but a field to bottle, you know, totally traceable. Yeah. We have our own water source on the farm. So the farm doesn't have mains water. So we have our own borehole um, water source there as well, which gives us really good, stable water. So we've got all the ingredients really to, to, to make the best possible whiskey we can. Yeah. Can you remember that moment where you thought, let's do this, let's, <laughs> let's make whiskey? Yeah, and, and you know, it's like anything. It's over a beer in in in, uh, in the brewery, and uh, you know, Tom had come up with this sort of suggestion. You know, do you fancy doing it? I was I was at a crossroads in what I was wanting to do with uh, my my businesses. So um, it took about five minutes. <laughs> so we just sort of looked at each other in the eye and said, you know what, this this has got to be done. It's never been done in Yorkshire before. Um, you know, we we need to be the first. Um, and we need to have that sort of those points of difference, which are going to set us apart from, I don't know, a majority of the industry. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a no brainer. Yeah, and so and what did you go to Jim Swan at that point and kind of recruit him as a consultant? Yeah, um, Tom had already had a quick chat with, with with Jim. I mean, it's it's like when he set a brewery up, he did the same. He looked for the best people in the industry to help him. Um, you know. Uh, from from the ground up so jim clearly had that expertise he had that knowledge and he had that sort of uh, uh wherewithal to, to help us and um he uh he spent the first sort of two years with us unfortunately now he, as you know he's passed but we've got through i guess the the period of time which is critical in terms of understanding the craft and the skill um not just in in fermentation and distilling, but wood management and cast management as well. Um, I think there's a lot of other distilleries that used Jim that, that sort of lost him at some more critical times, and uh, I imagine that was that was tough. But we we were looking, if you could say that, about losing somebody as as, as brilliant as Jim. But um, that we'd got to a point where we could carry on, and we we'd got that knowledge. And give me a, a, an overview of your setup, David, at the facility. Yeah, um, slightly different uh, again because we, we work off two sites. So obviously in Scotland you can't do that. So uh, our the brewery is still based at the farm. Uh, we're working on a a, a ton mash ton. Um, so we're producing uh, five thousand liters of, of wash every uh, every um, mash. Uh, we produce that at the farm and go through a sort of minimum of 74 hour uh, fermentation period uh, up at the farm and we're using two two uh, styles or, or um, strains of yeast mm -hmm. so again a Jim Swan uh, mix uh, giving us some really good fruity wash um, so we do two of those back to back and they come down in, in a tanker down to the distillery, which is just two miles away, 
at actually my old site where I used to work from. So this is our building from when I used to do my marketing. So we we, we used a, an industrial building, albeit right at the end of the industrial estate, which is quite good for tourism as well. So that comes down uh, on a Monday and we distill those two batches on Monday and Tuesday. And then we do the same on Thursday and Friday. So at the moment, we're distilling um, four days a week. Uh, the wash still is 5,000 litres and the spirit still is 3,500 litres. So effectively in a week, we're making between 12 and 14 uh, casks or um, bourbon casks. Uh, oh, bear with me. Sorry, I've lost you. Oh. There you are. Um, yeah, between 12 and 14 uh, bourbon-sized casks. Uh, each week um, and we're just looking at the moment to ramp that up as well but it's just a little bit on hold we would have been doing six a, w- a week by now if uh, we hadn't had the sort of stutter <laughs> yeah. okay is it so is it mostly bourbon that you're filling into um so our cask policy is using uh the best possible bourbon cask we can get so we, we bring those in from um uh kentucky direct from the distillery um that would be the majority, I would say, something in the region of 80, 75 to 80% bourbon. Um, but we, we did fill long-term at sherry as well, and um, uh, lots of different sherry. So we've got Oloroso, uh, Fino doing incredible things, and on Jim, Jim Swan's trade, Mark STRs as well. Um, so they're uh, ex-red wine casks. Um, so we've, we've got those full term as well, but probably, uh, as I say, about 20% of the casks for full term. And then our our sort of casking regime really is uh, going down a finishing route. So the bourbons are forming the base of what we call our flagship uh, whiskey, which is um, purely bourbon. So that's very light, very fruity, very easy going. Uh, but then we take that and finish it in different cask types. Uh, so our Latest release uh, is Muscatel uh, finished. So we've just done those 6,000 bottles of that. And our next one is STR finish. So um, so we're using you know the, the long-term uh, bourbon maturation to, to finish in different types of casts. And uh, um, after saying that, as I say, we do have long-term casts as well that are in different things. What do you think of the, the kind of growth of English single malt as a, as a category? Uh, I mean, I think yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what the figure is. Some like 25 distilleries now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like everything. It's very diverse. You know, we're all doing different things, and that's the exciting thing about it. Really, you know, um, for for us as a business, we, we're just very keen on people who get into it. They, they do it properly. They do it well, um, because as a category, you're a, you're only seen as as good as your strongest and your weakest. You know, your weakest producer and uh, so we're, we're very keen to help people where we can to make sure that English whiskey as a category is seen in the same light as as uh, Scotch and, and uh, all the other really good whiskies out there. Um, so I think it's a very exciting time. I think it's it's um, it's one that um, has that diversity. You know, you can't categorise. I think English whiskey as a particular style. Um, um, and that's great because we, we can do our own things as long as it's done well. And uh, I think also 
well, what, what on the other opposite side of that, what worries me is the the terminology, the, the loose terminology that people use, and I think we've just got to be um, very transparent. So yeah. if we say we're filled to what we are, you know, um, and I suppose the the ultimate sort of sacrilege will be somebody getting into whiskey that, that takes uh, neutral grain spirit from the from the uh, gin world and puts it in a cast and calls it whiskey. So, you know, you've got the regulations up there. You've got uh, the FWA that, that, that are sort of uh, protecting that, and that and that's something that we need to keep our eye on and make sure that we have the same sorts of protections in place. Yeah. Um, albeit not restrictive protections. Um, yeah. You know, we, we do need a little bit of flex uh in that so we can innovate but but not to the extent that um you can just do what the hell you want <laughs> yeah yeah there so that, that, movement yeah. There in terms of bringing the the, the the english industry together to to, to become yeah one and that, that's a good that's a good side of it is that we bring people together we, we, we try and uh, work on a, on a quality basis and and we have terminology we all understand and and, and uh adhere to um so yeah, I think it's very important that we set off in the right way and we define exactly what English whiskey is and how it should be produced, mm-hmm. just like you guys, you guys in mm-hmm. Scotland do. And what about any challenges of England becoming a whiskey drinking nation? Do you, or, do you, think, <laughs> you, you think you're there yet, or how far are you down that road, or does it matter? Well, I think you guys are doing the job for us. I mean, people love whiskey. You know, at the end of the day, if they love whiskey, they love whiskey. Um, Scotch obviously is 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 up on the top of the tree, but um, I think once you're a whiskey drinker, there's a massive appetite for trying new things. And uh, we've seen ourselves, you know, as we've been releasing our our bottlings, uh, the appetite for it has been incredible. And uh, so I think I think it's it's people are more discerning. I think that the marketplace has changed. I don't think we're looking at a particular category of of drinker anymore i think i think you know we've we've got um, a broad range of very um discerning people who are interested in in, in spirits and particular whiskey so uh, from every gender from every sort of background of life so i think that's great because uh, it's opening the market up um people are asking the right questions as well they want to be educated and i think that's that's exciting for us because that's where we come from yeah yeah and what about your relationship with the world of Scotch or with Scotland, it's you know you you've obviously benefited from the knowledge that came from yeah. Jim Swan in particular, but yeah. it's it's a it's a positive relationship. I'm assuming very positive, uh, even to the extent that I mean the other side of what we do on the farm is a bit of a story. Of this, but um, what we're trying to do is is uh, grow the crop in a slightly different way as well. So we're, we're looking at uh, protecting the soil and we're looking at uh, producing a carbon neutral bottle of whiskey. So we've been direct drilling our crop into the ground without plowing. Uh, we've been using cover crops and companion crops to try and uh, really soak up that, 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 that carbon. And we're doing lots of trials uh, on that basis this year. So, um, to answer your, your, your question, uh, we were actually invited, or Tom was invited to the SWA's conference to talk about uh, the way that we're going about producing crop of barley, because we still feel in the world, in the industry, there's a disconnect between um, growing the crop and actually distilling it. Um, you know, we all want to buy the best malt, but you know, where's it come from? Uh, how's it being grown? 
uh, what's a growing regime, you know, what the inputs have been on that crop. So we, we can do that. And, and I think that that's quite an exciting step forward. Um, so uh, clearly the, uh, the association up there are very interested in that. And the members are very interested in that. And I think, you know, that that's definitely a feather in our cap, but we want to share that knowledge as much as we can, like you have with your, your whiskey making skills. Yeah, yeah. So it's a two-way street, really. Yeah, very much. And I think, you know, we're a drop in the ocean. I mean, compared to you guys. Um, so I don't, we'll never see each other as com- competition. I think for you, uh, you just need to know that if we're making something that's called single malt whiskey, it's good. <laughs> and that, that's paramount. We don't have anything going off there saying, uh, for, particularly for us, for, for, for English uh, sector, that's, that's poor quality. You know, it needs to be absolutely top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- and just can you give me a sense of what difference do you think it makes to your your finished product in terms of flavor character that you've got this provenance and and you know your it's an interesting one yeah well the society is all about flavor and you know we're really yeah. trying to dig into it so you, totally. i think you're you're a very interesting example for that yeah and i, I, I Going along the sort of vagaries of terminology, I think there's a big push at the moment uh, for people trying to set themselves apart by using the words terroir and and how the terroir affects flavour. Um, for, for me, uh, the terroir has very little to do with flavour. Uh, the variety has little to do with flavour. And we, we, a lot of things in, in farming and agriculture are t- completely out of our control. The main ones are weather. So um, from one year to another, when I was buying malting barley, you could have one particular field or one particular farmer producing an absolutely stunning crop in terms of quality and, and tonnage. The following year, growing conditions were completely on its, you know, on its head, and it was the opposite. So to be using terroir as a flavour driver I think is a very difficult one to uh, um, go down, route to go down, because it really depends on that particular season. Um, it comes from the, the, the wine industry, as you know, that, that that term. And I think that's completely different because the, the, the vine is in the ground for hundreds of years or, you know, many years. So, yes, it has a terroir and it has, and then you'll have a vintage year when the particular weather of that terroir is, is right for that season. Uh, barley, particularly spring barley, is in the ground for five months. You know, so it, it, it can't have that terroir character. Mm-hmm. It has the influence of the weather. So, so for for, for me, that that's um, a dangerous route to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and flavour for us is very much uh, driven by choice. You know, driven by the yeast you use, the mashing process you use, the fermentation times you use, how you distill the cask you use, and so on. So that's very much within our control. Uh, the weather isn't. So, you know, I think that that's one of the worrying things, but one of the exciting things as well, that, that, that people are trying to find points of difference. But if there are going to be points of difference, they need to be tangible. We're going to wrap up our current focus on English whiskey next time around with the distillery that started the whole scene going when it opened in 2006. That is St George's Distillery in Norfolk, home to the English Whiskey Company and its proud owner, Andrew Nelstrop. That's coming soon. In the meantime, thanks for listening. 
And remember to keep up to date with everything that's going on at the SMWS and get much more whiskey news in our virtual members room at smws.com. Until the next time, cheers. <laughs>